We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And now, a page from the Diary of Flo. Dear Diary, I got the brush off again. I don't get it. Is there something wrong with the way I wave? Elbow wrist, elbow wrist. Why won't that little basset hound acknowledge me? I'm friendly. I give everyone peace of mind when I protect their homes through Progressive. He should be jumping for joy when I walk by. Save an average of 17% on car insurance when you bundle home and auto through Progressive. Maybe it's me. No, it's him. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. This is... This is... This is... This is... With Giancarlo Nava and Ryan Goyne. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Nava. So with me today, we have our co-founder and uh, producer, Mr. Brian Goins. I blank for a second. I'm sad. Oh, me too, bud. Uh, we got Harrison Citron, Mr. Hot Take Harry. Look alive, Harrison. I introduced you. Okay, his mic's not working. Great. Listen, we should take bets on whose mic's not going to work to start a show. Because I feel like that'd be like a fun game that we tweet out who's going to be on before the show and then a poll and say who's not going to be properly like working. Yeah, it was my fault. I, yeah. I was muted. My, I muted myself. Okay, Maybe you should mute yourself the whole show. It might be a better program. <laughs> probably. Probably. How are you, Harry? You haven't hey, oh. Uh, yeah, I'm good. No, I was saying that I was, you know, this is late for me. It's almost my bedtime. Oh, so 907, man. And we have our pun master and statistician, Mr. Nikai Duncan. How are you, sir? And draft expert. And Great. draft expert. Ooh, I am not an expert. Well, well you I'm are an about. expert today, damn it. <laughs> You're all we got. Um, oh. Okay, so we're co- the, pretty much the draft lottery landed seven minutes ago, right? So we're pretty much hot, hot off the lottery. Um, I, fa- I felt weird watching the lottery because I always have like the lottery on offhandedly. Because the Heat are usually never in it. So I'm not really paying attention to it because I don't care. Because I'm like, look at those loser teams. Uh, now we're one of those loser teams. And to me, it, it kind of... Harrison, I don't know if you felt that way, but it felt weird caring about this thing. Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of figured we'd get the 14th pick because that's the way it was going to be. So, no, but like, And I- the Heat... I just mean like the fact that we're watching this as a community, like Miami's all watching this and we're all like waiting for the draft lottery. We're waiting for ping pong balls and we're not, this is not, and I know we just did this recently, but yeah, it's still not something that I'm used to. You know what I mean? Like I'm why I don't like being excited for the draft lottery. I don't feel, it doesn't I mean- make me feel good. It's nothing to be excited about. I mean, if you end up getting a top pick, 
great, but you still have to wait a month to Harrison. But like people, out... people were excited about this. Like, no, it's feign- it's feigned excitement. It's not a real excitement. It's like your team missed the playoffs by one game. Um, you hope that could turn into something great. The odds were not in our favor. It didn't, and we move on. It's not like. I mean, I had it on because I'm at home and I ate dinner and I'm looking for something to do, but I'm not, like, that excited about it. And the Heat dropped the news before it even was on TV. The Heat tweeted out, like, we had the 14th pick before they even oh, got they to did? revealing the cards. Yeah, they spoiled it. I need to get off Twitter. Wait, how, how, did they, how did they know? I mean, obviously, they had gotten the news a second before, so they tweeted it, and then and then a few minutes, a few seconds later, they said, oh, oh the, the Heat delay, had Because of the pick. delay? I just it was definitely on Twitter before it was on TV. So there, you know, the Heat played the Wo- the Woj spoiler. Nick guys, did you see that? I didn't see that. I did not see that. That's that's that crazy. Stuff. Yeah. So Harrison, you you don't, you don't have energy today, man. You're not hot takey enough. I mean, give me a chance. Let me get in the flow. I mean, I ha- I have hot takes. We haven't gotten there yet. I, mean, I wanted to slander people who enjoyed the, the draft lottery, and I felt dirty because I enjoyed it because I was waiting and. I was excited, and Zoe did the thing. Did you guys see? Zoe did the the head shake meme. <laughs> time is a flat circle. Did you? Do you guys? Do you guys? Do you think he did it on purpose? Uh, I don't think he did it on purpose. I, I think, think that's just a part of him. <laughs> this is who he is. He just scowls and shakes his head in disappointment. He probably came out the womb like that. Didn't even try to shake. That's how he always, man. Life would have been fun on him. Like that's how he always is. Like his entire playing career, I don't think. Like in the beginning, when they showed him, he cracked a smile. He, I think, part of it is an act, right? Like I think Zoe has to maintain this image of being this tough badass, and it kind of cracked a little bit. He cracked a little bit of a smile, and they Cassidy introduced him. She's charming. He cracked a little bit of a smile. Could could he tried to mean mug it, but he couldn't. Did you see that? Yeah, it was a pretty awkward smile to begin to think. But like, I feel like he was trying to hold it back is why it was awkward. I don't think he like wanted to smile. I think the smile was creeping, and he's like, no, Moscow. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Zoe, Zoe's not a happy person. I mean, I don't think he, you know, I mean, he, I think he's pretty, he's pretty upset the way he dealt with injury during his career. He had that terrible kidney issue. Um, I'm sure he had, you know, I'm sure he's, he finally got the title at the end, which was a good a good way to go out. But yeah, I mean, he just doesn't. Anytime I see him, he looks upset. But I mean, it doesn't I, matter where he is. It doesn't matter like who he's talking to on his burner phone. He's <laughs> never in. He's never in a good space. Like he's he always never, born again, my room. Yeah. See. Yeah. He is. He really does seem like he's in a sad state of affairs. Those kinds like players like, like he was so competitive, right? Like competitionaholic. And I don't know. I read. I, I read those Kobe quotes. Do you remember a couple, man, was it a couple years ago? I forgot who wrote it. Maybe it was Forbes. And they were, they did a profile on Kobe and he was talking about how he doesn't need any friends, friends, hanging out with friends, wasting time aimlessly is not for him. He has goals. He has to work. He's obsessed with working. And like, he's talking about himself as this like person who's strictly focused on one thing, like doing, being great at one, at whatever his craft is. And, it just seems like a miserable existence and I don't not that Zoe's at that level, but he was he's so about competition and being so serious that that like what you're saying, Harrison, like I'm not saying he lives a miserable existence, but that that level of like competition inside you can't be fun, can it? Yeah, I mean I don't think it is, and then you have to think like he has I mean, I know he has a son who's pretty good at basketball, so you're trying to like live again through your son and hoping that he can live up to your to where you were as a player and they rarely do it just seems like people's offspring are rarely as good as um how as they often, were as players so that happen like that the child becomes better than like steph is a is an obvious example yeah kobe um kobe that's, that's a good one yeah are we gonna count Corey brewer or that's too obscure well, he had a dad in the nba i think so did Reggie Miller's parents either of them play in the NBA? Just or just his no. sister? Yeah, I can't. I yeah, can't, but it's, it's a short list. Like, if there is a list, it's a short list. But could could you imagine like 
Michael Jordan's sons both play basketball and they're awful. Like they're nothing. I know. And they're just nothing like, I mean, obviously living up to that type of, I mean, there's going to be a lot of pressure on LeBron James Jr. And if his other son ends up playing, um, Zaire is Wade's son. But um, yeah. Devin Booker. Apparently Devin Booker had uh, his dad, Elvin Booker, played. Okay, so there's a few. I just against I don't Kobe know. and Kevin Garnett. That's pretty cool. I guess like, I guess what this is is maybe like rotation NBA players today had parents that like were bench warmers, Luke Walden. Yeah, I mean yeah, I, I guess there's some of those that we don't I guess we only know of the stars and it's hard to live you know, it's hard to be a star, you know. Wait, quick question. Is Luke already a better coach than he was a player? <laughs> yes, I think Oh man. Well, see, the thing with him is that it's kind of hard to tell when he was coaching the Warriors because they pretty much just had a system in place, right? And the Lakers weren't anything special this year. That's a good question. Can we can we talk about that for a second? Because, like, they've now had three coaches over the past three years, basically, or three guys at the head coach level. And at some point, you just gotta you just gotta think like, man, the system Kerr installed is really excellent. Is the coaching that important at that point? Like, if uh, if David Lee doesn't go down at the beginning of the season where Draymond starts and becomes this, like, really ridiculous Swiss Army knife, are we even talking about the Warriors as the Warriors they are now? I think they figured the Draymond thing out, though. Because he was going to get – he was already getting minutes under Kerr that he wasn't under Mark Jackson. So Kerr saw something there. Maybe the David Lee injury jump-started that process. But I think we would have gotten there eventually. Lee had that big contract, man, and um, I'm, t- I'm just saying it might have no, not happen as fast. And, no, you have a point. It, it's certainly and a now fair. you have you have Luke Walton, who obviously like he just stood there and they won games, and <laughs> uh, pretty much, and man. Now, no, I mean that's how good they were, and now Kerr's out with the back injury. They Mike Brown, who we all know, Mike Brown is not a good basketball coach. Like he had a lot of opportunities and really never did anything with them. Uh, he was. You know, he was okay when he had LeBron when he was younger, but that was because LeBron was there, and LeBron's also part coach. And, yeah, I mean, look at this team. Like, you could you could end up winning a title where um, where Mike Brown is the winning head coach. I don't think game day coaching, Nikaias, like, I think for the most part, like, game day coaching, probably in most sports, isn't, like, that crucial, right? Like, I think... What's important is the system. How are we going to do things and how are we going to play? Like, okay, we're going to go under picks in this situation, stuff like that. Like, I think the game day coaching, maybe a coach might make some adjustments. I think more, I think you notice it more in the playoffs, right? Where you're adjusting half to half in a way that you're not in the regular season. But I've never been one to care about game day coaching. Yeah, I think coaching in the playoffs is definitely, I think the playoffs is definitely when coaching shines through. Because you have more time to game plan, and it's more important for you to make ready-made adjustments as opposed to like the regular season, to where you pretty much have your system in place and you see what's going to happen. Because you have so many different teams, you're going to play over a span of a week or so. Yeah, like for for you know, like an example, if if a team switches a lot on pick and rolls during the regular season, and that's their system, and they're playing a team like, let's say the Warriors, and the switching's not really working against them, if they're beating the switches, you know, you might opt to change your game and trap. You know what I mean? So like those kind of adjustments, but yeah, in the playoffs is where and and Mike Brown hasn't really had he hasn't been tested that he needs to do anything like that. They kind of just ride with what they've been doing. There've been minor adjustments, but yeah, when you have that much talent, you already and like you said, you already had a system in place. I mean, you really just kind of kind of play the odds and make sure you know what I'm saying just hope that your talent shines through at that and point. They kind of have a cheat code. Like if if all's going wrong, you just go small, right? Like. Yeah, like that they should fix anything. <laughs> Draymond at the five, KD at the four. Like if every, if like you don't know what to do, you're like, oh, get in there, Kevin, get in there, Draymond, Zaza, come back. I think they played maybe thirty minutes together all postseason. The death lineup. They haven't used it much at all. Really like granted, they've been in a bunch of blowouts this postseason, but yeah. You know, I'm 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 surprised. And Nikias, I want to get your thoughts on this because I was I was talking to some coworkers and they're asking me. Why do you think the Warriors are going to, like, just blow through everyone? Because I'd be surprised if San Antonio wins a game just because the Warriors are, like, if Pop, Pop is set on playing two bigs. And I, man, 
I don't see how that's going to be able to to defend anything. Like, if if Draymond and Kevin Durant run a pick and roll, like, what do you do? I mean, switch and pray, really. I mean, but like that's not like what. I guess what that's what Pop said. You pray they miss. Yeah, I will say Pop coached one heck of a game in Game One. I think that's really what made the Kawhi injury even more devastating. Is because the way he managed his lineups was great. The way he had get San Antonio switching off ball screens, they were great. Like they really shut down Golden State in that first half. Uh, I was tweeting out some stats about the game the other day. I think they scored, I think, twenty six points in the half court in the first half, and, and they just shut them down. So the game plan was there. I'm just not sure how they adjust now without Kawhi. So I mean, it's impossible without Kawhi. I think it, I mean, it was already tough for them to try to find small ball lineups with Kawhi. Now, without them, they're pretty much dead in the water now. And it's funny because, like, when they constructed this team, they get, you know, they signed Pau Gasol in the offseason. I'm thinking, and they still have David West. And I'm like, how, how, do, you, how do you play all those? Like, how are you going to find enough minutes for those guys if you're going to go small? And they just haven't. And I'm thinking, how, and they have the number one defense in the league. David West is in Golden State. I'm sorry. No, he's not. Is he? Yeah, he is. I'm yes. so sorry. Oof. You're yeah. probably thinking of Aldridge. I'm sorry. Yes. Oof. Wow. Oof. And oh, Maurice Spates is in the Clippers. They they kind of look alike. Maurice Spates and David West. Well, they are bald. That's racist. And they're mean. They're <laughs> mean. Man, I, that was really bad. I just backed myself I'm, into a corner. I'm, I'm staying. I, I'm staying. Like and I very blamed far. poor Maurice Spates. How dare you, man? Own up to your stuff. I like Maurice Bates. I'm shook now. This is like that time I said Barry Jackson was from the Palm Beach Post. And I was so <laughs> you shook. Caught a, you caught a car a white Chris Bosh light. I did. I've had some bad takes on the show, man. Oof. That, and, and this wasn't you. a take. This is just a bad moment of me not knowing what, like, just me totally blanking. Thinking LaMarcus called, Aldridge was David West for some reason. It Jeez. happens. Anyways, they both play power forward, same person. They both like shooting the little mid-range jump shot. You know, they're they're there nothing. They're nothing alike. They're nothing alike. <laughs> I can't even try. Yeah, oh. just just change the topic. Was man. David West on the Spurs recently? Yeah, last, last year. Okay, last see, year. I'm not. I, I'm not dumb. Okay, that's why. Well, that's yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh. You know, and as we're talking about versatility and lineups, that's something like Miami had this year, and it pisses me off that we couldn't see in the playoffs this year because I'm watching this postseason. I'm thinking, my God, Miami's – that's – Nikaias, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that team was more built for the playoffs because of how they can match up with so many different teams. I would probably agree with that. Like, Especially when they They kind of have – solutions to a lot of things i think maybe like a guy like john wall but i mean they kind of really own the wizards but maybe containing dribble drives of, of like a really quick point guard might be a problem for them but other than that they pretty much have solutions for everything and even then if Deion waiters is healthy he's a very good on-ball defender so you know oh yeah i think the boston series if miami gets into eight would have been very interesting I don't know if they win, but I think they pushed that to six, maybe seven. They probably would have had a better shot than Chicago. I, 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 I mean, oh yeah, they would have. Infinite, I think they'd have a much better shot than Chicago because they can switch anything that they want, Miami. And if you really eliminate, and and they'll be able to put size on Isaiah Thomas. They can switch whatever they want, and they can put size on Thomas. And I think that's gonna that would go such a long way in that series. Yeah. I mean, Chicago is giving Boston a lot of trouble when uh, Rondo is healthy because he was able to penetrate and get into the lane, and that's something that Goron probably could have done against the Celtics too. I think like that. The Celtics had enough perimeter defenders to be able to probably like James Johnson wouldn't have been good offensively that series. Like I think they have enough to bother guys like that, and I think kind of I think that's the series that you would need Hassan to have those like twenty and fifteen games with frequency. He that he could have done it against the Celtics. They're not they're not very big. You saw what Robin Lopez on. did to them. Robin Lopez did whatever he wanted for the first couple games, and then Brad adjusted. But they they, they, 
they they held they they played a little bigger. But Miami would have been able to punish them for playing bigger, for playing small. Excuse me. Well, that's true, but I don't know. Well, you have to trust Hassan. That's you know, wow. That was pretty. You hit. said that was such a. We have to trust Hassan and. Well, you say it that way, but but I mean, if you don't trust him, then what are you doing paying him that kind of money? To win well, a, yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm not saying game. that he couldn't pull it off, but I'm saying if you have to bank on him to win you a playoff series, then you know there's reason to be skeptical about that. But it's a little different than asking him to post up and say, "Hey, Hassan, we're gonna run offense through you." It's a little different than, "Hey, just play pick and roll and putbacks." Well, yeah, I think he probably could have had some success there. Let Dion miss but... layups and you you clean it up. <laughs> That's the offense half. half <laughs> <So>. <laughs> hey, Spo, okay, we're running the play. Dion to the rim. You're probably going to miss Hassan putback. Break. There you go. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think at some point if you can laugh about trusting Hassan, but if he's going to be your highest paid player, you, you kind of have to. And if not, then you trade him. I mean, it's just kind of simple. If you don't trust the guy to win you games – when they really matter, then there's no reason for him to be there. I don't. See... I trust Dion Weir's my life. <laughs> You're gonna live a short life, my friend. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't man. Watching these playoffs, I really think Hassan would have had a nice. This could have been a really defining stretch for him. Look at the teams that they would have. Like, let's say they have. I I I think Nick guys. I think it's fair to say that. It's very reasonable to think he would have had a very good series against Boston. Number wise, anyway. Yeah, yeah number wise, he would have had a good series, and I, you know, if they managed to win that series, he owns Gortat and Tristan oh, yeah, Thompson for that matter. He could have had two series. I'm not saying that they would have won the Washington series, but they would have they would have had a very good chance to do it. They might have even been favored. Um. Maybe not favored, but they they would have had a, a legitimate chance to win that series. Yeah, I have to walk that back. I was like, I know that they owned him in the regular season, but we as E fans should know better than anyone that that doesn't mean anything. Um, he could have had. But which play? Huh? Are you talking about Dion playing or not? Yeah, of course Dion playing. I'm saying if Dion plays. Oh, no, well, of course. Well, we all, and, we all but we all know Dion was out six eight weeks, so know, we, yeah. it's a it's a moot it's a moot point. Listen, in this hypothetical bizarro universe where Dion Waiters was not out six eight weeks, and he got the eight seed, and if they beat Boston. You know, you would have had two series that Hassan is is probably playing at a high level, putting up numbers. That would have been really defining for him so early in his career. You know, like that kind of bums me out thinking about that. Winslow back, man. I, are we trusting Winslow? Like, is Winslow part of this immediate future? Yes. You trust him. <laughs> I, I say yes, that because we are trusting Justice Winslow because. You have James Johnson, who is basically everything that you would have wanted Justice to become. You found yeah, it. Justice is, but like okay, six Justice years older. 20, 21. Yeah, I know. But like, there it is. It's like if you put Justice in the microwave to speed, like to cook him. <laughs> you put him in the microwave. And he comes out as James Johnson. And it's like, hey, I can do everything. I'm a league average shooter. That's what you, that's all you want from Justice. Well, fair haircut. You see what you did? This is what you opened up. With the haircut. James Johnson doesn't even have a haircut. Yo, I think we've discussed this before. Like, um, when the Heat were eliminated... No, no, no. When the Heat were eliminated by the Raptors uh, last season in the playoffs, Game 7 in Toronto, we lost by a lot, but Justice Winslow was the best player on the floor for the Heat. It wasn't really close on both ends of the floor. He comes into this season... Um, he had a decent training camp, but he obviously got the shoulder injury at one point, and it just slowed him down. And injuries slow everybody down. Look, I mean, I was ready to get rid of Josh Richardson because he was he was Alf. injured. I still don't like him, but I mean, I could I could see that he played better in the last couple weeks Harry, of the season. We, we know Harry. We know. I don't know. I don't know what that means. But anyway, Wait, you watch the games. <laughs> yeah, I watch more than you, Brian. So we're good. Um, you're gonna say Sedano. Ooh. That would have been the joke. Ah, damn. I just got mad, so I quickly... Anyway, so... Listen, Winslow is part of the future. I think if they bring JJ back, then they can bring Winslow off the bench, which will help with his development. And we don't have... Like, the fact that... Wait, like, everyone who 
he learned from last year left. Dang left. Wade left. And they just threw him in there, and he didn't play well. And people were jumping on him. And it's just crazy to think that everyone was so happy when we drafted Winslow two seasons ago. We were. Confetti. Let's let it let's let it play out, right. man. It's not. It's too early to give up on a guy with this kind of talent. It might not be what we expected, but let's just wait. You know, could have had the number one pick. Could have. Wait, what? <laughs> then Boston offered this year's number one pick. Oh, did they? And that I think Bur- was part of that three or two number one picks and those multiple could second rounders. Bur- Brian, if you, Brian, if you believe anything Danny Ainge says after the trade deadline happens or after a trade opportunity is passed up, I have some swampland to sell you, man. That guy, <laughs> he's got a perfect system. He makes no moves. And then after the fact, he tells you everything he offered that didn't get taken. It's a, it's a wonderful idea. Um, it's a good way to pretend you're a good GM. But it's That would have been a really- horrible move to move up four spots. They, I mean, they really wanted justice. I'm sure he would have offered a couple picks. I doubt they were anything ridiculous that he's saying they offered. I de- and I, and there's no way he offered the number one overall pick, knowing how bad Brooklyn is as a franchise. You know, um, going back to what you were saying before, Harry, you kind of made me think about the Winslow thing and how they just threw him out into the fire when they lost everyone. Now, if they manage to retain James Johnson, I think the prudent thing to do is just, I know that he likes they like him coming off the bench, but I think if you start him and put Justice Winslow in the James Johnson role, right, to kind of alleviate him of some of that responsibility and, and like, kind of let him settle into himself, I think that, you know, that might be something that might be nice for him in his development. And what about, I don't know, the guy I always, I mean, they're not, they're not really similar players, but a guy who had a lot of expectations coming in and was really bad for the first couple of years, and now he's going to make a, a lot of money, is Otto Porter on the Wizards. I think he led the league in three-point shooting this year. It was very close to the top of the list. I mean, that guy was terrible his first couple of years. People were saying there was no way he was just, the Wizards were justified in taking him as a top three pick. And he's a good, like, he's a good player a on a team player. that, I mean, he took time to develop. I mean, he and I think you just gotta wait sometimes. I I, I don't know if Winslow's gonna make a jump like that or become anything like that as a shooter, but man, if Winslow can just like, I don't know, get up into like thirty thirty five percent from three or something like that, and I mean, you open up your whole game opens up with the ability to shoot the three ball like that. I don't know if Justice will become that, but like he has this new like, man, Porter has that new age kind of. NBA body really lanky long can handle like that's dude you if you make a player in a lab you kind of want him like that right guys oh yeah totally he's he's you know the guys I haven't watched a lot of Wizards basketball this year I've I've known Otto Porter's been good because he's been the like a talk of the league Bradley Beal's a really good player he finally got healthy. I know, but like, I'm just like, he's kind of always a punch sign. Oh, you know, his wrist is always hurt or whatever. And seeing him play, and he's not a bad defender either. He's a pretty yeah. decent. I, I, I did not see him as a negative defender on the floor at all. I mean, screens were kind of an issue. But I mean, other than, I mean, he could definitely defend when he, when he's engaged. He's not, he's not a guy that, you know, you're going to go pick on. Like David Lear, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but offensively, I, I mean, I was, I was pretty stunned on how. I, I know he missed a lot of shots, but he was getting really good looks, and he was pretty much getting whatever look he wanted. Yeah, he really broke out this year. Um, I know. I was really obviously ha- the first big thing was getting healthy. I think he played seventy-seven games this year. I think that's a career high for him. But he also kind of switched up the shot selection a little bit. He was in love with long twos for the first few years of his career. And he finally started trading out a lot of those for threes, and that kind of opened up everything. I would be interested with him over here because I know how much Spo loves that little pin-down curl, and he'd be so good at that. Oh, yeah. He got the, like 20, the little, you know what I'm talking about, right on the baseline? Where those, you know. Yeah. We just signed that massive extension last year, so you got to wait like another four seasons. I laughed at yeah. the Wizards for doing that. Even. I, laugh, I was like, what are you doing? I was like, why would you give him that money? I had been tweeting about that for two years. Like, how would you trust Bradley Bill with that kind of money? Because talent's never been an issue, but I mean, the stress fractures and the risk. 
you know, he just could never stay on the court. Do you think that's good enough, Nikaias, to build the wrong wall and Beal? That's the second best backup backcourt. Yeah, you could do a lot worse than that as your foundation. It's, uh, but it's not going to be good if you keep giving sixteen million dollar deals to Ian Mahimi. <laughs> they need that's... a bench so bad. I feel bad for Ian. I think he's legitimately serviceable. That's I do not too. really complicated, but I mean, he's a solid third big, but he never could really get in the groove because of his injuries. Yeah, Washington like, yeah but they're in trouble. They're in trouble because they're going to max out Porter. That's going to be their move, and they're not going to have a lot of other money. Nobody's going to max out Porter. I know people have been saying that. Who the hell is going to give Otto Porter a max deal? The oh, Nets. Brooklyn definitely would. You think they would? They're going to Harrison Barnes him? Yeah, they almost gave the they, they gave a lot of money to the guy you can't stand. So why wouldn't they max out oh, a, that's a right. an Otto they gave Porter? TJ that contract. Oh man, they're a wild card. Yeah, you're right. Oof. Wow. The 76ers, I mean, you know, there's there's rumors of the 76ers throwing a lot of money at Kyle Lowry, but if he obviously doesn't want to go there, which is totally understandable, Later then they LeBron. have a run. Kyle Lowry. I thought that was funny how that was a talking point. Like, guys, guys don't want to go east because of LeBron. That was like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, people on ESPN were talking in what on what planet do guys say nope not going east I want to deal with LeBron that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Do we have evidence of that at all? That's so dumb. A lot of times people, the West, the Western Conference teams have been more competent the last decade, so stars are going to competent teams. Like what? What big? You know what big free agents have really come to the East? LeBron. LeBron and Boss stayed East and they came to Miami to a competent franchise. And other than that, I mean, Kevin Love was a trade. Which which big guys came East? So they were playing in the West and they came over to yeah, the like, East. What guys yeah, Carmelo East? got traded. Carmelo. Yeah. I mean, sometimes guys leave East, but they go to good teams. Like, what are the teams that have been good for 10 years in, in on this side? You know what I mean? Like, there haven't been many options for them because most of the teams are, have either been capped out like when Indiana was good, they were capped out, and you know the Knicks kept making bad decisions, and the Heat were obviously capped out after they signed their guys. And I guess the most recent example would probably be Dwight, but even that came because he was feuding with Harden and stuff, and he's obviously declined. So exactly, and he went west. He left the East to go west, but that was to go to the Lakers. Right. The only other thing I think is like the Kevin that Garnett a, that trade. That was a trade too. Yeah, but Kevin what I'm Garnett. saying is that like it's kind of asinine to say like guys are leaving LeBron. No, they're leaving to better situations. Like the Orlando situation, obviously that had to end. We remember how messy that was. And they legitimately thought going to Kobe and going west was like a good decision. Like it made sense at the time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I just that talking point that was like a week ago. Yeah. I remember how mad that got me. There's a lot of no, cases I... of free agent signings going west. Like Shaq leaving Orlando. The teams have been better for 20 years over there. The East have been very up. The teams have been very up and down. Like, this hasn't been this model of consistency. Like, for the most part, I mean, pretty much up until recently, the Suns have been a very, very well-run team. Um, The Lakers were good for a long time. The Spurs have been good. The Mavericks have been good. You know what I mean? Like, so there's a history of consistency over there that of good situations that they're – like Cleveland had a run, and then they went down. Miami had a run, and they went down. Orlando had a run. Like those, but those are all been very small windows, right? So, and and I don't know. I just that that kind of talking point annoyed me. It felt like such a straw man to prop up LeBron. Yeah. Oddly enough, the most consistent team in the East has probably been Atlanta. Yeah, with playoff bursts, and they haven't even made a run. So, man, would you want to be Atlanta? Like, man, oh, that, I not. I mean, you don't want to strive to be Atlanta, but I don't think being Atlanta would be that bad if they actually had a fan base. That's what. I, yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say if you if you actually had fans, it'd be fun. But considering I've been to Hawks games and I'm the loudest guy in there, by I mean, <laughs> you could man in the heyday of the Hawks, like when, players. I mean, it's just it's embarrassing. Like it's it's almost like going to a JV high school game. You can get in at the last minute for five ten bucks. And so it's yeah, it's so just it's not. Game. It's basically a Marlins game, except except that team makes the playoffs. <laughs> oh god! 
You got a free surf also. Harrison, that was probably the funniest thing you've ever said. And you're not even smiling. Well, I, I didn't the really think it was that funny. Oh, my God. That was hysterical. <laughs> like the Marlins, except they make the playoffs. I mean, uh, yeah, it's just, it's rough. And, it's, and the problem is they haven't, like, the Hawks have made decent moves along the way, and then they'll, like, make a mistake. So letting Horford go last year probably wasn't a terrible move, but replacing him with Dwight Howard was. Um, was Dwight bad this year? And- he wasn't Dwight? Bad, but he didn't really move the needle. I think no, Dwight would have been fine if they kept Jeff Teague. Yeah. I mean, it Dwight's- just didn't make sense to me for them to chase the switch out that kind of shooting for Dwight and giving the keys to Dennis Schroeder. Well, Schroeder's been Schroeder's also not been terrible, but yeah, I kind of agree. It might have been a little early. He had a really good postseason. He did. He was very good. He was very impressive. And, but I agree with you. I thought the the Jeff Teague was puzzling, especially when you're getting when you're going to White. That would just mean that you're trying to win. Yeah, either keep both or just get rid of one. Exactly. So you have or, or don't get yeah, White. Like if you're gonna go Dwight's- younger, go younger. Like what is D- Dwight doesn't help you there. Dwight is a coach killer, man. Like, who hasn't he gotten fired? I'm just uh, waiting for no, Budenholzer to get coach fired. Bud, coach Bud will live. Well, I don't know. That's because Dwight's old. But if Dwight was in his prime, he'd be fired. <laughs> Hi, Alf. Hey. Hey, guys. Wow, you sound terrible. Do I? Yeah. You're not using what did I do mind. wrong? Probably. I told you, my mic, my mic doesn't work. Oh, great. Okay. Well, I guess we're writing with this. What'd I just sound of, like crap. What did you think of the draft lottery? Thought it turned out exactly like we thought it would. Did you feel like a loser actually caring about the draft lottery? No, I didn't. I said I didn't care about the draft lottery. So I guess you guys are the losers and not me. No, just me because nobody else agreed with me. This is this is my dying hill to die on. Were you were you were you disappointed? No, I felt like a loser that I was watching the draft lottery and I cared what happened. I mean, you should feel like a loser on most occasions. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Oh, we're back. <laughs> I mean, you watch you watch anime and tennis, so it's Roger, like Roger. watching the lottery is the coolest thing you've done all week. Like, I don't understand. Like, why is that a problem? It's lit. You were watching teenage lesbians in anime earlier today, so, so you know not, the lottery is not, not so not bad. Not, I know. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, you and your, your scum's wish. So let me let me fill you in on what happened. I confused the Marcus Aldridge for David West earlier. Racist. Yeah. Um, Harry apparently goes to Hawks games and yells slurs at players. Do you? Yeah, he says he's the loudest guy in there. And God knows what he's yelling. Well, he's like the only guy in there. Have you been to a Hawks game? Oh, Harry actually made a funny joke. He said the Hawks are like the Marlins, except they never make the playoffs. <laughs> Except they make the playoffs. Well, I'm about to say it's reverse. Yeah, it's reverse. So. Yeah, everyone Harry's good. That was like the funniest thing he's ever said. Um, and we were having a conversation on why did the Hawks get Dwight? Why did the Hawks get Dwight? I don't know. It doesn't make sense, especially because they got rid of Teague. Because they're the Hawks. To pair him up with Millsap? I really like Millsap, man. Millsap's going to leave. Oh, and Alf, I, I want to get you into those conversations as well because the reason we're talking about Dwight is this narrative that players leave the East to go West to get out of, like, LeBron's conference. I just, I find that such a ridiculous straw man. It's like, that is the dumbest thing. Players just Dude, if that's, to, yeah, if that's true, that's, that's probably the dumbest reasoning I've ever heard. Like, if NBA players are really that dumb, like, let, I mean, let them go West. Like, yeah, go battle San Antonio and Golden State. I mean, if you're a great player and you stay in the East, you can almost guarantee yourself an Eastern Conference Finals every year. I mean, look at the look at the Boston. They suck. <laughs> and they're a one seed. Like Boston is horrible. They're gonna get skull drug. Kelly Olynyk won a playoff game. Yeah. Oh God. Come I on, dude. I don't like. I don't like that he's happy. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't like that anybody player? in Boston is happy right now, right. except for that Anna Horford. She's hot. <laughs> is that Horford's sister? Oh, <laughs> that's even funnier than wife. <laughs> she's amazing, and she curses out the fans of other teams. But didn't Gabby do she's that? Still a, she's yeah, she's like me, but hot. Big difference. Um, <laughs> they died. 
just me. But Horford's been good in the postseason, which also bothers me because I like making fun of him better. Yeah, those first two games against the Bulls, I thought it was going to be like full-on Horford slander. Oh, my God, that was so fun. But somehow Rondo got hurt and Horford improved. (laughs) Horford taking dudes off the dribble, nasty. Like he goes like, by... like Rondo. No, the thing is, like Rondo was getting in Horford's way. <laughs> Rondo gets hurt, and Horford's like, "Oh, now it's time to ball, baby." <laughs> like those Uncle, like those Uncle Drew commercials. Yeah. <laughs> what the, the hell crossover. was Rondo doing? Oh my god, Horford like got Gort. Dude, last uh, game seven. Every time Gortat's on the perimeter, I'm like, "Uh oh." Horford hit him with a little swing move, jab step, go. I'm like, "Rest in peace, Gortat." So bad. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. I have not. I've. I didn't watch any of that series. Really? That was. That was probably the best series of the playoffs so far. I've hardly watched any playoffs. I'm gonna be honest with you. That's why I haven't really been on many pods. And I didn't watch the draft lottery. You missed. I don't the, know. You who, missed the Zoe meme. I don't know who OG Antibiotics is. I don't know who is OG Antibiotics. Nikias, explain. <laughs> well, you can find him at your local CVS. Okay. <laughs> The guys, who are he gonna draft? Hopefully, they get OG antibiotics. I oh, think that, oh, that, oh, that's who that is. <laughs> yeah, we can't get. What, did I say that wrong? <laughs> no, I think I think that's it. Can they get monk? He's related to Giannis antibiotics. Uh, I think this is third cousin. I wish we had a sound for your bad joke. That was a good. Come on. Oh, was it, man? See, you've you've done this thing lately where you think a joke is good, but it's really not. No, I have like me on Twitter all the time. Yeah, but like you I revel don't... in that. Like I was like legitimately trying to be hilarious, dude. Like, the, the good, Spo- like, oh, I got him. That's the Spo Mike Pence joke <laughs> was really <laughs> okay, good. Share share your Spo Mike Pence joke. God, I forgot how it went. Way to go! Oh, it said, "Can Spo fix gay?" Mike Pence thinks so. Rim shot. That is hilarious. It is topical. It's like it mixes politics and sports with hilarity. God, you guys, man, you're just not on my level. I don't think that's the problem. I don't think Eric Spolster can fix Rudy Gay, and I don't want Rudy Gay anywhere near this team. Whatever. Do you want him? I didn't want Dion. I like the joke, and then I added the joke, but again, I was muted, so nothing happened. I can't believe what I'm. I'm been so bad on the show. I'm the Alex of this show. Okay, Brian. Wait, did you, Hold on, wait. Were you trying to talk this whole time? Because I saw you talking, but yes, you, I was. I was. T- I I liked your joke. I added to it, and I was like, "No one's responding. It's so strange." <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I said Har- something. I, <laughs> Harry wasn't ready said, to start the show. He was. Mike was off. Yeah, this I'm is. I've got to put my headphones time. on. The pro. I said something like, "I'm all about antibiotics if it helps the heat stay healthy." Oh, that, that would have yeah. been perfect at the time. I know it was just friggin' awful. Let's start over. Brian, the whole box. <laughs> Brian just Brian just sent me a text, and he really wants to break down prospects. Now I don't want to break down prospects, and I'm pretty sure Alf doesn't want to break down prospects. No, you guys had a show plan. Don't let me. No, I, no, no, I, didn't I just came in here I, like I, a, yeah. Who did like did Brian just like? Did Brian just fix his hair to break down prospects? He's got like a new Brian, hairdo okay, for this Brian, <laughs> Brian break Brian, down guy. this antibiotic guy. All right, so. This is coming from TheRinger.com. I don't know. Plus, for OG antibiotics, he's one of the most multiple prospects in draft with a skill set that will undoubtedly draw comparisons to Kawhi Leonard. Best case scenario is Shane Battier, Trevor Ariza, Alfarik Aminu. I don't he want Aminu superb... on my team. <laughs> he has superb physical dimensions, long wingspan with a wide frame and literal quickness, and extreme versatility. That's what I'm saying. I have, I, I have a, I have a question. I have a question. If they are comparing him to Kawhi Leonard, wouldn't Kawhi Leonard be the best case scenario? Why is Shane the best case scenario? That's a pretty big gap. Kawhi Leonard, yeah. Bamute. I was like, whoa, that escalated very quickly. <laughs> well, they're like Kawhi Leonard, like best case scenario, Shane Battier. Yeah, it's just like and right, I love that. Drop off. It's it, like boy. Trevor Ariza, Luke Bamute. Whoa, I don't want that. <laughs> Go He's back. got elite defensive potential and capable of defending nearly every position. He jumps passing lanes, switches onto guards and bigs, and contests hard. He finished with 71.6% field goal percentage at the paint at the on rim. 74 field goal attempts. No, I, 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 li- I like him. His his injury is a little worrisome. But, but he's coming off a torn ACL. 
<laughs> I love how Harrison starts talking about injury, right? Like, wait, he got hurt. <laughs> wait, wait, I need to get in with this. He has shooting issues. He has a slow shooting release and one-two step that leads to block shots. He's a poor free throw shooter and he lacks passing vision that needs to put up more zip on basic passes. Did you just read Justice Winslow's scouting report? No. Come on. Like, Justice, well, besides defense, his best attribute is probably passing. And you compared him to OG and Ibiotis. That's disrespectful. He shot 31% from three. How do we pronounce his name properly? I thought you need a shot needed work. Your shot can't need work and you shoot 41% from three. No, he he shoots 31%. Justice shot like 43 in college. That doesn't make sense. But OG shoots 56.3% from the free throw line, which normally means he's going to be a bad shooter in the NBA. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it again. <laughs> like, why are we so stuck? Like, like that's the like only he person. only took he only took four mid range shots throughout his. Brian, entire I don't college. like this guy. Get me another guy. Find me another okay. player. I don't want him. Bye, what about uh, TJ Leif? TJ Leif or Leif? We should call him TJ Leif though. I like that. TJ Leif. I don't want him. You don't want him. Why? Brian, read me the damn scouting report. Because because white Americans are rarely good basketball players. Right. Well, this also, is funny. Do you really want to keep reading scouting reports? Brian really well, this wanted is like, to. I, this is I know, funny because we were talking about him earlier. I literally started looking at my phone. Like, we're not going to read. Like, do you guys really want to read scouting reports? No, I report? don't. Brian does. And, and Brian's reading them poorly. He said literal instead of lateral. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Like he has literal quickness. Oh, I mean, like, you know, so he's literally that? quick, deceptively fast. I have sarcastic quickness. Yeah. <laughs> that should be a name of the episode. <laughs> sarcastic. Who's sarcastic quick in the NBA? No, I think like literal quick is like a black guy. The the deceptively quick is a white guy. So if it's literal quickness, that means he's John black Wall. and he can run. The literal quickness is John Wall. Yes, and. Deceptive quickness is Kelly Olenek. Stupid bun. Alright, so TJ Lake. No, I don't want it he's anymore. He's a big from no. UCLA. He's Stop. a freshman. I can't even mute you. I hate you. We're not doing this. Alpha's he's right. A, he's a skilled forward with the kind of high-level offensive instincts to carve out a role in the NBA as long as he gets stronger. His best case scenario is David Lee. Oh my I god. I don't want David Lee. No. I, I mean, they just compare white one. guys. That's what they do every draft year. He's white. He's a power forward. David Lee or Kevin Love. He shot forty six point six percent from three point line. He should be Nikaias, Kevin Love. Who's Nikaias, Who's the guy you like that you said was going to be better than Miles Turner? I couldn't tell if you were joking earlier, but yeah, I was high key joking. Yeah. Okay. But I do love Justin Patton. I think he's going to be really good. Center from Creighton. Did you make? Did you make that up? Or is that a real person? I don't person? know. Yeah, I don't that's, know. That's, that's, that's... <laughs> what color is he? I can't confirm. He's Justin real. Patton, a high upside two way big man who require patience at the next level, but his raw athletic talent can make him worth the wait. Brian, what color is Best he? Best case scenario: Carl Anthony Towns, he? light. He's light. What did you say instead of What did you say instead of require? Did you say require? What did you say? <laughs> require patience at the next level, but his raw athletic was... talent can make him the worth the wait. What's his name? There was not a there was not a Q in that word. There was not a Q. <laughs> Required. All right, Brian reading uh, scouting reports. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> Actually, it could be a funny segment. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's Stu Gatsian. We need to make, like, we, like, we just need to make fun if, of him the whole time for it not to be bad. Like, if we set it up just like, okay, Brian reads scouting reports poorly, like, then it may, <laughs> may be a funny segment. But him just, like, reading them. Doing it, yeah. Holy crap, Justin Patton shot 53.3% from three. He took like 10 threes. Sample size, Brian. So he made 5.3 of them? <laughs> he shot 15 at times. Oh, that was close. More than justice. Oh, that, that math was bad. His best case scenario is Samuel Dallenbear. Oh, my math was actually good. If he shot 53% I don't want Samuel Dallenbear. Well, these, these best case scenarios suck. Who's Theo Ratliff? Theo Ratliff? You don't know who Theo Ratliff is? Really? You don't know Theo Ratliff? Oh, 76ers. This he played for Brian's a bunch of teams. Time. It's been Brian's time to shine, and it's been terrible. Brian, this is why you don't get to talk more. How about my favorite guy in the draft? I don't want to. I don't want to know. Wait, did uh, did Theo Ratliff and Dikembe were they on the same Hawks team together or no? Is it my mixing up? No, was it the Sixers? 
Yeah, with the Were they on the Sixers together? He never played for the Hawks. He played for Detroit, Philly, Atlanta, Portland, Minnesota. Why, why am I on Theo Ratliff's basketball reference page? It's Brian's fault. Thanks, Brian. I, I guarantee you that this <laughs> I'm the only person that has been on the Theo Ratliff basketball reference page in like five years. Oh, he was traded. He was traded. He was traded for Matumbo. Um, no, he wasn't. He Ratliff was on the Hawks. He was tra- He was on the Hawks. Why are you guys doing that to me? This is so. Listen, if you want a real I... <laughs> NBA podcast, we break down Theo Ratliff's journeyman career. No, no, no. Listen, it's not good pie material, but don't tell me I'm wrong when I'm looking at the page and he was on the Hawks from 2008. <laughs> None of us are actually like, really sure. Oh, you're like, right. He was. He was. My bad. I didn't see the, the two eight, the he three was, Atlanta years. He was traded from Mutombo. Yeah, but don't, you know, I'm right three, you know, three times a year on podcast. You can't just do that and tell me I'm wrong. So Justin Penn has the potential to become the best big man in his class. He runs the floor and changes direction like a wing. He has baby bottom soft shooting touch around the rim. And solid mechanics on his jumper. Article? Yes. <laughs> anyway, the, re- the, the Warriors are up 25 on the Spurs right now. Tyson yeah. Challenge for jumper. Ooh. Guys, has this has this been the worst playoffs in a really long time? Because you like no, last year was after good. after. Mm, I don't know. We kind of last year was worse than this year. Man, that 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 even though that series went seven, that Heat Raptor series was a cesarean section. It was terrible. That was the worst seven game series ever. I wouldn't say that. That was it was You're gonna lose your health insurance. What? What? Cesarean section section. Uh-huh. Why are you saying who oh. why are you saying the whole word? Brian, is your there's nobody there to distract you say <laughs> like Usually like your girlfriend's there and you walk away for thirty minutes. This show's better when you trying do to that. bite these cords underneath. Brian, you know what? You had a really good producing show last time. You you're really leveling it out with a really crappy performance. You even get to Harry Giles yet? That's my favorite guy in this draft. Crap. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, I think I think this playoffs have been pretty uneven, right? Because I think the Wizards Celtics series has been fun. I was in, interested in the Wizards. Uh, I'm sorry, in the Bulls Celtics series, although it wasn't good. I thought the second best series has been the Pacer Cavs series, even though that was a sweep. All those games were good. Dude, if, if that was the second best series, like this has been a really bad no, but playoffs. That, I mean, that's as good as the sweep gets. Like, don't, I mean, I don't know. All those games were close. It wasn't bad <clears throat> basketball. Like, those teams were playing pretty well. Did Zaza well. do it on purpose? <laughs> Did he hear yes. uh... No, I don't think so. It's so ridiculous to think he did that purposely. Oh, you just wanted to get to take. Hold on, wait. wait, Let's let's dissect this. Alf just asked a question because he had a take that he wanted to get to. Dude, you were rambling on incessantly about how good the playoffs were. I didn't say that they were good. I said that they're okay. Wasn't was the second best series in the playoffs? Like we can literally move on if you say a sweep is the second best series in the playoffs. That means the playoffs suck. I think the third best series is the Warriors Jazz series. Other sweep. Oh God. I'm lame. Okay, cause yeah, okay. Get to your Zaza take. No, that's all the whole take. I just think people are being ridiculous. Like, I don't know where this thing. Like everything, everything people see on a basketball court now, something intentional. Like these guys are a bunch of ninjas who, are like, okay, Zaza Pachulia knows exactly where Kawhi Leonard's feet are gonna land, and he, with his back turned, head facing the basket, puts his foot in the perfect spot. And then, then it's surprised that they call a foul on him, like because everyone knows please. Zaza Pachulia is the poster boy for coordination. Yeah, he's a he's a lame, lame, he's a clumsy oaf. Like he just he, that's his version of a closeout, and it's really bad. Didn't and know. Lamarcus Aldridge did the same thing yeah, in the same game because they're both clumsy oafs. Zaza's even just worse. I think it might be maybe even a little worse to Curry considering he's had ankle problems. Yeah, and I mean. I Kawhi was hurting his ankle the whole game. Like he kept landing awkwardly on it. it d- dude, it was bound to happen. He just wasn't. He wasn't completely right. Like that. That stepping on somebody's ankle like that shouldn't. I mean, it's because his ankle's already hurt. That's what happened. It's not. It's not like he intentionally went out there and like rolled his ankle on purpose. I don't know. I just think people are just so hypersensitive. Like even some of the Draymond stuff. Like I know Draymond has a propensity to kick people in their nuts. Like yeah, it happens. <laughs> But like, 
I don't think an NBA player is purposely kicking people in their nuts. Like, he just flails a lot. But, like, is he targeting people's nuts? No, but... Hold on, wait. Do you don't think Chris Paul's targeting Chris Paul's targeting well, Chris Paul, he punches people in the nuts. That's different. <laughs> like, these guys are seven feet tall. When Draymond kicks his feet up, that's where people's nuts are. I yeah, but I think, say, baby, Alf, I think the issue is like you you get a history for doing things, and then like the intent doesn't necessarily matter. It's just the fact that you you're doing these things. The so it always matters. The intent yeah. always. So like, Draymond might not be intentionally kicking people in the balls, but he is like flailing and ki- he's kicking his leg. And the problem is like. The more you connect with people when you do that, like you cause issues, and it's not that I don't think what Zaza did was dirty, but he just like yeah, he's closing out a little close and captures the land, and the unfortunate things happens. The thing that bothered me was Popovich is calling him out for being dirty or whatever, and maybe he has been dirty in the past, but this is coming from Popovich, who used to send Bruce Bowen out to murder people, yeah. <laughs> like straight up. He was he was the San Antonio Spurs hitman. Did you and... see what? Did you see Bowen had a quote on it? What do you well, say? Well, look, bro. Yeah, Bowen. Bowen uh, basically was like, "Yeah, Zaza was out of line." And I'm like, Bruce Bowen, you got a lot of freaking nerve, man. Like, of anybody, like you should just shut your mouth. There's like videos going around of him drop kicking, kicking some European guy in the face. Vince Carter was squirreled with him right now. <laughs> I think half <laughs> the league would. Did I ever? Did I ever tell you guys my Bruce Bowen story? No. Let's hear it. Better be good. Like uh, when the when the Heat lost uh, Game Four of the 2014 Finals of the Spurs, my brother and I we were leaving the game and we were walking back to the car and we ran into a hammered Bruce Bowen outside the arena. I mean, he was completely, I mean, just as drunk as you could possibly be. And uh, my brother was just like, "Yo, Bruce, what's going on?" He's like, "Yo, what do you?" He was like about to fight my brother because he said hi to him. And we're like, nothing, man. We're just saying hi. And he's like, yeah, yeah. So he, like, stumbles away. And so Bruce was on SportsCenter pretty regularly during the series. And so for a week after, Bruce is gone. And we just assume, like, he died because he was nowhere to be found on any ESPN show. And we were probably the last people to see him alive. That's what we were thinking, at least. And, yeah, he finally gets back on. But, like, no explanation for why he got drunk, like, as drunk as he did on the night the Spurs absolutely tore us apart. That was a really bad game. And that's my very short Bruce Bowen story. I don't think it was that good, but there it was. I was, I was expecting, like, minimum a fight. Next time, just make just, lie. just lie and just say he punched your brother in the face. Tell it again. Ankle. But tell it again, this time that he had a hard closeout on your brother and kicked him in the face. He sprained your no. ankle. Yeah, he sprained his ankle. Tell it again, Harry. Let's go. I don't want to make. Let's make story. stuff up. <laughs> Harry, do it for the damn show. Well, edit it. I hate you. No, I'm hanging up on you. We'll fix this in post production. <laughs> I hung up on Harrison. Are you serious? Because he knows the damn drill. We need to end the show soon. He could have told the story, ended the damn show with, and then Bruce Bowen punched my brother in the face. On a hard closeout. And, and then we're done. And then boom, bam, slap a title on it, upload it, almighty baller. Thank you, Chris Amax. What is his name? Axman. Axman. I always get his name confused, yeah. Wow. Shout out to Chris Axman. Awesome. Almighty baller. And Dash Radio. Welcome, Dash Radio, if you've managed to keep listening this long. Nakai is really gay on the heat. I get it, but I don't want it at all. Like last option, like worst case scenario. Oh, like you need a. Go ahead. You can go ahead. No, like you need a guy who can create his own shot. I mean, like we don't have that many of those. And what you saw what happened when Dion went down. A guy like Rudy Gay when Dion went down would have been, you know, beneficial. (laughs) I mean, world are we living in? Dude, Spo can make anybody halfway decent, man. Except for Derek Williams. It took playing with the greatest player on earth to make Derek Williams look like an NBA player, and now he can't even see the court anymore. I was just about to say, he's not even playing now. He uh, doesn't have literal quickness. And, oh, and that's it. We're done. That's it. <laughs> Bam. That's how you do it. He's literally crap.
Excuse me, sir. Yeah, hang on a sec. You've been riding this thing all day, and my son would like a turn. Hmm. He seems to be young for this twin-cylinder hog, doesn't he? It's a coin-operated kitty bike. No, ma'am. It's a coin-operated freedom machine. No, it's a kitty bike. It's hard to be without your bike, so do something easy and protect it with Progressive Motorcycle Insurance. With basic policies as low as $75 a year, you'll be back on the road in no time. Visit Progressive.com to quote today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states.